There are giants in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky. When you wear your pie and you look below at the world you've left and the things you know, little more than a glance is enough to show you just how small you are. When you wear your pie and you're on your own in a world like none that you've ever known, where the lead is lead and the earth is stone, you're free to do whatever pleases you. Exploring things you'd never dare, cause you don't care when suddenly there's a big, tall, terrible giant at the door. A big, tall, terrible lady giant sweeping the floor. And she gives you and she gives you rest And she draws you close to her giant breast And you know things now that you never knew before Not till the sky Only just when you made a friend and all And you know she's big but you don't feel small Someone bigger than her comes along the hall To swallow you for lunch and your heart is lead into stomach stone and really scared being all alone. And it's then that you long for the things you've known and the world you've left and the little you own. The fun is done. You steal what you can and run. And you scramble down and look below and the world you know begins to grow. The roof, the house, and your mother at the door. The roof, the house, and the world you never thought to explore. And you think of all of the things you've seen And you wish that you could live in between And you're back again, only different than before After the sky There are giants in the sky There are big, tall, terrible, awesome, scary, wonderful giants in the sky. So weeks and weeks ago now, I preached a sermon on negotiating risk. Oh, and I'm going to warn you, this is a long sermon, but you know what? You have no place to go, so I'm going to invite you to just settle in. It's full of story, anyhow. I preached this sermon on how we're all paying a lot of attention these days, and do throughout our lives, of course, on how to stay on the good side of risk. It was a sermon about risk as danger, about something to be managed and avoided. COVID risk was on my mind, of course. This sermon, it's about the other side of risk. I read a book years ago called by the name of this sermon. Not so long ago, I put that book in one of those neighborhood book exchanges, those libraries on the side of the road, because the book had so little I remembered or noted or underlined, no dog-eared pages, but the title, the title stuck with me, Exquisite Risk. It's the risk that presents itself right before something magnificent or some even small breakthrough, the risk that accompanies most moments of growth. And I think it's the risk we often forget about, especially often as we age. 
Let me tell you a little more about what I mean. So let me take you back. It's the brink of my 45th birthday, kind of right in that sweet spot of middle age. I, I got reacquainted with risk. I mean, it wasn't officially on my list of plans. It just kept showing up. I had taken three months of sabbatical that year, starting around Christmas through about March. And as part of that, my goal was really just to reconnect with myself, to spend some time with my daughter, who was about six at the time, maybe take a family trip with my parents, some very tame stuff generally about renewal and making some memories. And part of that plan was a trip to Costa Rica. Lila, our daughter, was small then, and so we had this practice of making trips that involved wildlife and outdoor fun. The museums, we figured, well, they could come later. Costa Rica was and is famous for having developed its natural beauty into a kind of eco-tourism destination. 13% of its GDP, or no, 13% of its people are employed in tourism, and 80% of those come to enjoy some form of eco-tourist-related activities. And that year, we were part of that 80%. And our main destination, it was Monteverde Cloud Forest. True to the hype, our guide, one day into the mountain's biological reserves, was an expert at the habits, a genius in his sighting of birds and wildlife. At one point, there were maybe 50 people around, all with their guides, and our guide pointed to some distant tree between trees far away and said he had spotted the elusive and famous Quetzal. And after lots and lots of guiding of our binoculars, we finally, finally saw what he had seen with his naked eye. It turns out he, like many guides, was a former poacher who'd been invited to serve on the other side as part of this ecotourism revolution. So of course he was expert at tracking and sighting all kinds of rare animals. This is what we'd hoped to find in Costa Rica. But there were other tourist options in the cloud forest and we had this kid to keep busy, so we agreed one day to go zip lining. <clears throat> Have you ever had the experience of when something is just a word until you're in it and you realize it's not just an abstract idea? I'm constantly aware of those moments and agreeing to go ziplining, well, that was one of them. It was just this word until I realized what the idea actually entailed. It turned out at this ziplining outfit we went to for reasons that at first were a mystery, after we got fitted for our gear, the first stop was a kind of Tarzan rope swing. There was this cleared out part of the forest where they had erected at one end this 
pretty shaky scaffolding that was maybe 40 feet high. A guide greeted you at the top. All I remember is he pulls the rope over to the side where you both are standing and he gives it to you and he tells you to hold on and you're gonna count down and then jump. Well, actually he takes you to the edge and he has you lean and he holds you to prepare and this thing is shaking and you're high up and you start to wonder things like, who this person is who you've handed control over your destiny and how far away is the nearest hospital? You get to the edge and every part of your evolutionary brain says don't stand at the edge of high shaky places. That's how we, this strain of ancestors, has managed to survive and your brain is right and you think, what in the world am I doing here and why did I agree to this? Can I still get out of it? In my case, I was the last of our party to go, and the guide counted down, holding me as I leaned off the edge. Three, two, and then he said, whoops. And I was flying across this open swath of cleared forest. Friends, I held on for dear life, like I'm sure everyone before me had, but not whooping it up like the rest of my family and friends had because I was released by mistake, apparently. And in that space, a deviation of even a few degrees could mean I would end up like a fly on a windshield against some big old tree. So my heart pounding, my senses focused the way it is when you're in danger. I swung back and forth across this expanse of forest until finally I slowed down enough and they pulled the rope to stop and I crawled down. What happened? I said to the guide in Spanish. What was the matter? What, he said? And then a big smile came across his face. Oh, I was just joking with you. And in that moment, I had become reacquainted, not by choice, not entirely, not knowingly, with an old friend. Risk. Risk is something that we spend much of our life in constant relationship to, at least early on. I mean, think about it. You are born and you have to learn how to live in this scary world, immediately learn outside the womb how to eat from a bottle or a breast and then how to use these things called hands, these things that often also seem to strangely grab and pull your own thing called hair. You have to figure out how to use this body in lots of ways that are unnerving to crawl and then the teetering act of walking which involves a lot of face plants Every day you see new things, you hear new words. Every year, to paraphrase, paraphrase the poet Lucille Clifton, you are running into a new year. There's that first day of school and leaving the people you trust to keep watch over you, leaving them behind. 
There's these things called reading and math and science and dodgeball, and each new thing is this whole new world of skills that surprises you, that you have no idea what to expect when you're faced with it. Each year, new classmates, new teachers, new subjects, new demands, new learnings about the world, about yourself. The first crush, the first big fight with a friend, the first tryout for a team or a show, and not making it. And all that teaches you, or maybe making it, and learning the whole be careful what you wish for experience when you have to perform. Life is full of these moments that you and I are thrust in from birth, for a big, long swath of life, no reprieve from any of it. Choosing a profession is risk, no matter how many times we choose a new one. Having a child is a risk. Moving to a new city is a risk. Each thing stresses you, stretches you, and for a big far part of our lives, unless we somehow manage early on to figure out how to be a professional slug, we are in this constant discovery process. And then, at some point, often without any notice that arrives in the mail, life, maybe around midlife, can sometimes take this quiet turn. <clears throat> maybe not for all of us, but I'd argue for many of us, life gets comfortable without us realizing it. I don't know, we, we find a groove and we settle into it. We choose our profession or a job we like and we settle in. We find a place we like to live in well enough and we can afford and we put things up on the walls and we renew the lease again and again. Maybe we partner up for life, we hope, or settle into a group of friends that we get together with every weekend. Maybe we find our hobbies and then we spend some time just focused on those. We refine our golf stroke or we read the next book for book group or we try the newest one-pot meal recipe. We take a new hike, but still a day hike or still the hikes of the kind we know how to do and life gets well, it kind of putters along, predictably. And I don't think we often notice this is happening because often that same life, it's pretty big and full as it is. Grown-up life has lots of things to do, things we must do. There are all those responsibilities and chores that no one else will do that keep us busy. There are bills and groceries, there are work and taxes to do, there's laundry, garbage to take out. It's while we're doing all of that and life feels so full, and time can feel so stretched, that ironically I think sometimes our reality without our knowing is also getting smaller sometimes. In my case, it was. If you're like me, you didn't notice that you start to be in an echo chamber of worlds, that the challenge in life becomes more about being better at a few things 
that you fall into this stage of mastery and maybe not discovery and that often at that stage, the risk is not trying things that you might be bad at, that are off your norm, that are too new. Without even realizing it, the entity that was once this constant companion takes a nap. Biologists will say that an organism that's not growing is dying, one or the other. And in those moments, I wonder which are we, maybe a little bit of both. That's what I woke to or woke up from its nap or both. The moment I flew through that forest on a rope, 2,000 miles from home, and something I woke to again and again that sabbatical when I kept finding myself for some reason in situations that I hadn't considered would feel so scary a scuba lesson and a dive that sounded lovely until I had all this gear strapped on my back, enough to sink me. An invitation to preach that sounded like an honor until I realized what a room that held 3,000 people would feel like and my knees shook. And each time, amidst the fear and self-reproach, of what in the world was I thinking, why in the world did I agree to this, and how do I get out of it, I would also notice increasingly that this feeling was familiar. That someone who was me, an earlier me, used to know what it felt like to live in these moments, and how that someone knew something that I needed to remember, and that was this, that these moments were also the moments the way it felt to be at the precipice of growth and awakening. That they were scary, but they were also signs that you were about to break open false barriers of self and the world. They were invitational warnings, if you will, that transformation was about to happen. So wake up and get ready. Because that's the thing about risk. It isn't just scary, right? It, it isn't just unnerving when we're in it and with it. It also can mean that we're just about to be in one of those moments where we push the bounds of what we know we can do. As one motivational speaker says, when did you learn that you could not do the things that you think you cannot do? Because when we have moments of risk, we're maybe about to unlearn some of those lessons. There are moments when we ask the world to be bigger and ourselves too, and we blow open false boundaries, and there is a new horizon that we see. And it's important to stay connected to that reality. For all of us to remember that flutter of discomfort 
and that it's the same one that we remember dressing up for the feeling when we dressed up for the date, which ended up being one of the most fun nights of our life, or the feeling that we had when we stood in front of the curtain right before it went up on the night that we found out we could act and how fantastically good it felt to be an actor. It's that same feeling that we felt inside when we were joining this enormous crowd to demand justice because we couldn't stand to stay silent anymore. And we felt for the first time the power of collective action to shift the world. All these were and forever are the moments, the feelings we have right before the world expands and we expand with it. So yes, risk can be something we navigate, we mitigate, we're leery of. With COVID-19, that's where we have been a lot in our relationship to it. But I guess when I was writing about that, I didn't want us to forget that it can also be this exquisite thing, risk, this reality to befriend and never forget to travel with. Because as the biologists say, we're either growing or we're dying. And I don't know about you, but I'm too young to embrace dying as my MO. So yes. There are giants in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible, awesome, scary, wonderful giants in the sky. And the goal isn't avoiding all of that, but being alive, being alive, especially now. Because COVID aside, and I know that's a huge aside, this is a wild, hard, fertile, vital, transformative time in our nation's history. You know it, you feel it, we all do. Particularly around race and equity and justice and hopefully climate justice too. And we are called, all of us, to step into it, right? To leap off the days, shaky as it feels, and swing into the unknown, to strap on the oxygen tank and the fins and dive under what is safe and familiar. Because just beyond the bounds that we have too long accepted as norms, just beyond the walls that have allowed hurt and damage and pain and evil to happen is a world where life is not diminished, where customs change and norms are challenged and statues come down and laws and regulations and the way we police and protect one another gets re-envisioned. And it will take risk to get there. 
risking new conversations and sharing the pain and fear we haven't before some of us and risking new ways of being for all of us and trying on fierce advocacy and speaking up at work and naming what we have been told is not polite to name and standing up with those who name it also so they never have to stand alone and to give up some privilege and maybe a lot and in so doing, ease the tide of human suffering every day, howsoever we can. At the end of my sabbatical year that year, I came back, sabbatical months, I came back renewed from rest and long walks and baking cookies with Lila and lots of books, but also also having performed the first same-sex marriage at Cadet Chapel at West Point with young Marines and four-star generals finally allowed to be out in the military and free to marry. The reception that night was as close to heaven on earth as any moment I have ever been present to. And in all of that time off, I had gotten reacquainted with an old, once constant friend who reminded me that reminded me that life was bigger than I had been remembering to live it. And what it means when we step out into it in a particular spirit. So may we all reconnect these days with exquisite risk and stay connected to that old friend who has been with us since the beginning in a life that knows the ongoing excitement and shortness of breath that we can feel at certain times is is part of moments of growth and greater aliveness and a harbinger of bold and transformative living. And remember too that this day especially, we need people liberated to live on the exquisite side of risk. So may it be so for us all. Amen.